Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Kyle Miller Show. I'm your host, Kyle Miller. It is November 2nd, 2023. And guys, I'm on a mission to bring you stories from extraordinary individuals who have paved their own path to success and and in doing so transformed their lives and their communities. Guys, but on this podcast, it's more than just stories. It's a call to action. We aim to inspire you to take control of your own life, to make changes you desire, and to chase your dreams with unwavering passion and determination. Guys, uh, today we are on the show with TJ Fadley. He is currently running for the Rivanna District, Albemarle County Super- Board of Supervisors. Yes, sir. Rivanna District. And... I'm just excited to hear what you guys got going on over there with your campaign and everything about it. So I'm going to give you the, the mic here. Tell us what you're about, what you're doing uh, to, to make, a, make the community better. Well, thank you, Kyle. First, I want to thank you and the I Love Seville Network for having me on again. Um, it's always great to get a platform, which is something that, as you alluded to, you know, a lot of the larger media outlets would probably prefer me not to have. Um, we are on the downhill roll of this campaign. Voting um, concludes on November 7th, which is next Tuesday. So if you've early voted and you voted for me, I really appreciate your support. If you haven't, please make sure you get out and vote on November 7th so we can bring some change to the county that is well needed and definitely deserved. Um, a lot of what I'm about and I don't know if you want me to start first on, on the controversy, which is uh, the headlines of today's Daily Progress on the front page about my controversial flyer, which was a depiction of my opponent in a what looks to be a gypsy outfit rolling dice. So it wasn't really a slight against her as much as her record. What we were shooting for is a mailer that caught your eye to keep you from discarding it and throwing it in the mail. You know, we weren't, meant, we weren't intending to be offensive. We were intending to make sure that it wasn't something easily discarded, and it helped bring up a message that has been hidden by the mainstream media, aside from networks like I Love Seville and a couple of the conservative talk show hosts. I've put out five media releases that literally were crickets from any larger-scale media outlet. Um, So I figured if I was going to spend the exuberant amount of money on the mailers that I did, I wanted to make sure that they were captivating and that my message was getting across which if you look at the mailer, the message basically points out the fact that my opponent has never voted once to soften a tax on, on her constituents. You know, they do clamor about how they lowered the rate of the personal property tax, which would be vehicles and things along that nature. Now, considering they raised 40% last year, I'm pretty sure that the rate that they reduced it to still did not bring it below what you would have paid if that 40% increase hadn't, hadn't shown up. Um, I'm pretty sure that they still captivated more money on top of that. It also points out about the meals tax increase that was raised 2.5% a couple years ago that with county-provided information, I've got this straight from the budget and the finance department. Um, in 2021 alone, there was about $1,715,000 that was pulled out of our pockets for extra that we were paying on meals. Um, for 2022, that was about $3,700,000, which, you know, extra $2 million they got in 2022. Um, it also points about which they will say, well, we haven't raised the tax rates in five years on real estate property. But the assessments have increased taxes in my district alone 15%. Some people have told me more. Um, 
to where they do have the ability every year to vote on that rate as it ebbs and flows, which, you know, they're proposing these budgets six months in advance before they're ever actually six months into the year prior to the year they're proposing them for, and they vote five months into the year they're proposing, which gives them plenty of time to find the ebb and flow. But yet when they see the increases, which again, county provided statistics, $15 million in 2021 in property tax increases, 19 million in 2022, they anticipate 11 million increase this year. That's the adopted amount. Now we have to wait until next year to see what the actual number was that came in for the fiscal year 2024 they got 27 million dollars worth of increases in assessments now i'm not saying i'm not for well-funded efficient government that most people are looking to pay for right um i would love to be part of the long rigorous work sessions that go into these this budget planning so that way i can push back on what i would call waste you know i heard it said best government never puts a line item that says government waste there's a lot of pet project spending, you know, as, as everybody knows. And if you don't know, it's a one-party rule. So there is no dissenting to opposing voice. I would like to get in and be that opposing voice for working-class households because looking at the census, I am a working-class household. I am right on the line of the average household in Almar County. And if we're scraping to keep basic necessities in our house, gas in our cars, food in our, in our fridge, that's probably 50% of this county. Right. So my question is, is how tone deaf can the Board of Supervisors really be to their constituents to not pull back in a time of such inflationary measures and just con- and continue to allow these increases to go in? Look, that's not counting the tobacco tax increase. That's not counting the 5% or the $0.05 cent bag tax. I find it ironic as can be. I can show up at the grocery store and I can unload all of my stuff wrapped in plastic, but I got to pay five cents to put it in the bag to carry it out. Mm-hmm. As opposed to just pushing for commitments from the local chains to eliminate plastic bags, because I agree, plastic waste is one of the worst things that impact our environment. And as somebody who grew up with Earth Day in every school that I've ever went to, I understand the importance of being good stewards of our environment. Um, you know, you would figure there's a lot of food-based starch plastics nowadays that are probably being squashed down by big business because it's a lot cheaper to use the uh, petrochemical, you know, leftovers that they've been using for, the le- for decades and decades. But I would figure instead of taxing your populace, which seems to be their theme, let's push for commitments from the chains that are making money in our county to just not use them. Yeah. Problem solved. With, with, and with the taxes, I'm, I'm big into real estate, have multiple real estate uh, properties, and also do a lot of transactions in the real estate stuff. And the fees and stuff that we see are just exorbitant. It keeps going up. There's always this fee. There's that fee. But the, other, the thing that I've been, and again, I've been in for at least 11 years, 12. Actually, I started in 09, actually. Um, with the real estate taxes, they never go down. Yeah. Right? They never go down. And what I see, well, we haven't raised taxes in five years. No, you haven't, but you've also raised our assessment every year yes. for those five years. Yes. And then they're going to stop and they're going to change it and say, oh, well, this year we're going to raise taxes because we haven't raised it in five years. And they're going to raise that and then they're going to keep the assessment at the same level and they're going to get everybody happy there and then they're just going to keep taking money. Well, I agree, Kyle. And the one thing I never hear in any of these meetings is, hey, where can we find some savings so that way we can reallocate that money mm-hmm. to... Yeah. Soften the blow and vote to not raise your taxes by default. Um, you know, another one of my press releases that got no light was uh, 
The one about the legislative package that they're pushing for the one cent sales tax increase, the $58 million to match the Rivanna Futures money that they pulled out of the county's budget, which if you ask me, I'm sure Glenn Youngkin in the state of Virginia would have been glad to throw up some money to buy that land considering it brings such an, an economic impact to the area. He's all about jobs in Virginia. So right. I'm sure they would have easily been on board to try to soften the blow in our pockets, but yet they're just going to ask to double the money. Um, so that way so we can finance it on the local level and the state level as well. So what do you think the problem is? Do you think like people just aren't being creative in how they come about this? Or do they just see it one black and white? We just need more money. We just need more money. Well, I, I believe there is a lack of creativity or a lack of the ability to want to push back and ask the tough questions, which, again, is another reason if you're looking for somebody to go in and represent for normal households, I'm your guy. It's not like I'm signing up for some comfortable position. I'm going to be a dissenting voice on on a one-party rule to where it seems as if there's no end to their spending as long as they can keep taking money out of our pockets. They never ask the question, how can we find savings so we can reallocate those savings for the spending? Now, the one-cent sales tax increase, which they will push as, well, it's just one cent. I'm all for the concept of a, of a, of a capital improvement project's increase if there was some sort of sunset or expiration on it. Now, I didn't see anything in their proposal about any kind of wording or anything talking about sunsetting or, you know, an expiration to this. So that just means, again, it will go in perpetuity to where we'll be hammered by this for decades to come, then just like the revenue sharing. So you want to look at some real quick math, $15 million a year on average. If you take eight years of the revenue sharing agreement, which is, should be null and void because it's no longer needed to slow any annexation, eight years of that revenue sharing agreement will pay for schooling cash. Right, right. So if we were to act it 10 years ago, we wouldn't be in the position we're in now. You know, I was attacked at one of the forums about policies like Mr. Fadley's will keep kids in trailers, learning in trailers. And you know, it's been a one-party rule for eight years, and we still have these kids in these trailers. The, as far as outside, outside in the, in the, at, at the, the schools. At the schools yeah. to help with the overcrowding. Right, right. That has been known. You know, I went to Monticello one of my years of high school here, and when we walked in the doors the first day, they were already talking about overcrowding. Right. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's something new. We're in a county that has a wonderful community, and it has this university that produces 6,000 graduates a year that would probably want to come back, if half of them come back. That's 3,000 3, people a year. Yeah, I mean, just even just a smaller uh, percentage of that. And then also, uh, it, it's, it has been rated as before as some of the best places to live in the country. But yes, in 1997, I remember seeing, or I think maybe 97, 98, Charlottesville, number one place to live in the world, which was great. Here we are, Consumer Affairs, which I just got this article sent to me by a constituent. Consumer Repairs, or Consumer Repairs, Consumer Affairs has rated Charlottesville as the 15th worst city to retire in. And they cite cost of living and taxes, which is, again, one of the main reasons why I'm running. I am running to push for reasonable tax and spend policies. I want well-funded government needs that everybody looks for, first responders, infrastructure, schools, the schools get 57% of our budget, but yet they have been dwindling down in scores and achievements, gaps. It's just, it's appalling to see. Then you have this closed door where Matthew Hoss, I've heard so many people talk about pulling Matthew Hoss off the school board 
or out of, as the superintendent, but yet the school board decided before the election to go in and do this, you know, in the dark kind of contract renewal for the next couple of years, which, right. you know, if you ask me, that's a little underhanded, but it seems to be a lot of how our government works around here. I know one of the things, if you've got my transparency mailer that also has a likeness of my opponent on it, it talks about how she voted to keep Zoom meetings. How can you be a government for the people by the people if you're going to be behind closed doors making all the decisions with their money? Right. You know, one of my favorite sayings, I thought of this as I was on a jog one day. I want to get into this office so I can remind the county who pays the bills, and that's us. Yeah. You know? 100%. So my whole line has been live your life. I want you to have the freedoms and the choices too, but I want you to have more of your money. You know, we, we are selling our souls for this, so we should be able to keep more of it. And so, like, I want to get into that. We're talking about budget. You're talking about this. Um, it's my understanding there's not a lot of um, uh, business-minded people on the board, right? Um, well, no, so I can give a little credit to, to Ned Galloway, which I know personally. He's a great guy. Um, Ned has been in, you know, is, is a businessman, and he's the only one that I actually do hear question. A lot of this. So majority of the folks on the board seem to be retirees, some of them coming out of government positions. My, um, my opponent was in a lot of government positions. So one thing I can say, which not saying that government institutions aren't needed, um, you know, proper regulation and re reasonable regulation is needed. And then the auditing of those regulatory bodies is also needed. But one thing is I'm a, I'm a small business owner. I've been with my father's business for the last 20 years. So I understand budgeting. I understand customer service. One thing I can say that I understand differently than somebody who's coming from a position of some sort of government institution is I understand that what it's like to work off of a profit and loss statement. Right. If we don't make the money, we can't spend the money. So therefore, we have to control where we're spending it, where it's most effective, and where it's not. Right. The government gets to just mandate and see where the increases are possibly coming in and just make sure not to vote those down so that way they have extra money to spend. And then they like to spend all the money that they get to make sure they don't lose any allocation of that money. And then they can increase and increase. So the more they spend, the more they get to where I have to earn the money that I get in order to spend it. And that's the way I would like to go look at this budget is where are the costs – you know, where are the cost analysis that are showing the benefits to the people who are paying in to finance these institutions? You know, again, right. I said it on this show before, government is unlike any other business. They just get to take people's money and spend it to where any business has to make people's money to spend it. Right, exactly. And, and what you're saying is, you know, they want to create these, these other programs, these one cent this, this, and raise the... Um tax assessments and also increase uh, the budgets on that. Well, why don't you just let the people have their own money back and maybe that can help them get through their things. Well, not to mention if they have more money, they'll spend more money and then that can help bring incremental revenue into the county, which is just, it's a simple economic understanding that if you make the place friendly for businesses and inviting for businesses to come in and as businesses flourish, then the county can make more money. You know, another issue we have is development, and that's a big thing that I've learned a, a lot about. And I still have plenty to learn, which I'm eager to do on behalf of the people I'm looking to represent. Speaking to developers and constituents, you know, developers talk about the fact that 20 to 25 percent of their build cost is permitting. Yeah. 
Man, that I was sitting at a county meeting and I remember Mr. Richardson putting on a presentation about how there was one gentleman they moved from another department and it increased their permitting by 70%. And they were all clamoring, oh, that's great, which it is. Right. My first logic is, well, I would have found that guy's boss and I'd eliminated his position and I'd have moved the fellow who just increased their production by 70% to the head of it because he understands how to make things work. Right. If you streamline that process, that will cut costs for these people who are building, which will also be able to be passed on to consumers. And, and as in, in development, right? I, I do a lot of the real estate stuff. There's there's a ton of holding costs. You got a, a ton of permitting. So you're sitting there. You have to one, and and they say, well, you should give people more money for their land. Well, okay. Well, let's look at this process. A development, like a, a massive development, takes years. Now we have holding costs. Now we have to go through that whole stuff. We got inflation. We have uh, all of that stuff. Yeah. And all that eats into the budget. And then you got to file in front of the board, and then they're just going to push it. They don't care. They're, they're not... Um, well, it's not their bank account that's paying the, right. that's paying the loan. Yeah. And so, but then that also decreases the development and the opportunities that can come to the come to the areas exactly right which i would love to push for streamlining on that you know there's been a lot of conversation at the forums about that look i'm not you know they cap us at a five percent which i've said it many a times that 1100 acres that they pulled for biscuit run to make a state park which hey i love green space just as much as everybody else but one thing you need to remember is that's going to take some bureaucracy and and overhead to maintain that green space but they pulled 1100 acres out of the out of the development area and haven't replenished that anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that was prime land that could have been used to create housing stock that could help drive down the inflation of, of prices right now, which in return would help bring the assessments down to where it would make it more affordable. Um, you know, which is funny to kick back to the headlines in the Daily Progress about the flyer, which, you know, it shows you how much there are gatekeepers to the status quo of this county because we went through this great Q&A hour-long session. They asked me why I was running. I said, well, I'm running to try to give an advocate to taxpayers on the Board of Supervisors, which I don't think is there. Somebody who's looking out the eyes and ears for normal households, because right. that's what I am. So I'd like to get in there, and I'd like to be part of those conversations, ask the tough questions so I can push back, and being that I'll be the one dissenting voice, I don't know what I'll get, be able to accomplish, but I will be able to go speak to the news, because if I'm the negative vote or the no vote, then maybe I'll actually get some media coverage at that point in time from some of the larger facets of media in the area to where after this Q&A, and I'm talking about that, and you know, they said, well, what makes you different? I said, well, I'm going to go push for working class households mm -hmm. you know, to try to maintain affordability in the county, which is slipping out of people's grips. I've talked to so many people, whether they're retirees or whether they are people in my age group or a little younger or a little older, and every one of them agree that it has become increasingly harder to maintain an existence in Almore County. Oh, 100%. I, and I, like I said, I buy a lot of houses, so I talk to all the demographics. I talk to the elderly who, who are moving out. I talk to the kids who inherited the houses oh, yeah. and that they can't afford it. I talk to people who are trying to get into buying houses right now in this area. Too expensive. And, and I talk to um, the... I, I talk to everybody in every facet along the way, and their number one thing is, I can't afford it. Well, and the, to, to segue back to that, so we get to the final end of the interview, and one of the editors asked me the question, well, we heard about this flyer that comes out, this controversial flyer, which, look, you know, I went for the gusto. I wanted to make sure that my campaign contributions were effective to getting my message out that has been, been blacked out by a lot of the media. Um, and that's the first thing that they made. They've rushed that one to the news to make sure 
Fadley Defends Controversial Flyer. So the picture on it is eye-catching. You got it? You got a picture of it? It's, it's... I do have it. The picture of it is eye-catching, right. and that was the idea. But the message on the back of it is 100% correct, and every one of them are valid points that I'm making. So therefore, you know, I know a few people didn't like it. They thought it was distasteful, which, you know, I can offer, I can offer my apologies there. But again, I'm, I'm running for a position that I'm not going to be in a comfortable spot. So and I'm going to fight for what I think is necessary in this county, and that is somebody to be a voice for people on our Board of Supervisors to slow down the extravagant spending and consistent increases we've all felt for the last three to four years plus. And guys, like this is just marketing. Marketing is just to get attention, right? That's the only thing marketing is for is to get attention. Then once you get the attention, you read the message, right? And then, okay, well, I I never heard of this guy before. Now I'm looking at this and go, okay, maybe I can relate to it. Maybe I can't. That's it. I've only been able to knock on about 1,100 doors so far this year. So we sent it out to 7,000 households who are all people on voter rolls that I would figure would enjoy my message and would be happy to know they have a candidate who's looking to represent them. So right. we shot our shot. I've met B. She's a wonderful human being. We've had many of great conversations. You know, personally, I have no ill will. Policy differences, I'm sure we have lots. Right. But again, it's politics, as I said in that statement. You know, I'm, I'm signing up to go be the public martyr for the next two years, and that's two years if I can get somebody to run to contest the next three seats that come up to actually help give me some backing on my voice. If not, I'm going to be a four-year public martyr if I win this seat. So I figured, out, as I told them, I shot my shot, and I wanted to make sure that my message got out there, and I believe it did. And it also got me a front-page article about that same message. So hopefully if you threw that threw that flyer away, you might have went to dig it back up to be like, well, what did the, why did the progress bring it up? Right. But I do find it funny that they've had every other candidate that's Democratic-leaning up there, but the independent candidates who have a, a fiscal conservative um, ideology, like Brad Rickle, you know, Brad Rickle interviewed with him last Thursday, but you still haven't seen his Q&A there. I had a great Q&A that would have probably made people love me and might have won me some voters, but they didn't rush that one to the press. They made it a point to rush this one, the one that might ding my campaign. So, again, hopefully I didn't lose your support because, again, I'm still the same humble guy who runs my family's business and is raising my my three children with my wonderful wife of 18 years here. And... I'm still trying to go in there and do what I've set out to do as I've talked to everybody at the doors. You know, the exact same message I've given all of them is the message that's on the back of that flyer. And that's I want to push back to see where we can find the wasteful spending to reallocate it so we don't have to increase the amount of taxation that is coming out of our pockets more than it is. Let me just bounce back to this statistic. The proposal for the fiscal year budget of 2024 is $27 million more of your money coming from your home's assessment. Where are we spending that? I was at the work session with um, Mr. Garland Williams, who I think is probably doing a really great job at Charlottesville Almar Transit. He was talking about, so B, which two... Her defense, B did ask about liquid natural gas buses, which the city of Charlottesville is trying to phase out of liquid natural gas. They had something that I think Mr. Williams said that the city didn't want, was worried about the spillage of this and that. He said that those liquid natural gas buses have better emissions than diesel buses that are currently being used. They're half the price of the hybrid buses that we have been buying. Mm -hmm. And if you see the Who trolley out on 29, that bus is picking up the slack for where one of those hybrid buses is in the shop. 
And if, you, if you're like me, I live out off that end of the road, I see that WHO bus out there consistently. So that means that those hybrid buses that cost a million dollars, not a half a million, are sitting in the shop, and that's after their $100,000 batteries. Again, I'm not opposed to green energy. I have solar on my home, although I think my system was undersold to me. I think they could have added more panels, and I would have to worry about paying less to Dominion. Right. You know, on top of the fact that with the wonderful tax credits that we received through the program that happened, I think they escalated the price of our system to, to be very profitable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they undersold it to me, which I think is a little bit of a, a disservice for what we're trying to accomplish. Because, you know, I had somebody, well, they sold me that and said that they sold me the amount of panels so I could continue to get energy supply from Dominion. The more we supply, the more Dominion picks up. So the days where my the small system on my house produces more than I use, Dominion benefits. Right. So if you sold me more panels and I'm producing more than I'm using, it's just stabilizing Dominion's grid. Right. They're not hurting. They're just getting less of my money, and I'm actually getting the benefit from the system that I'm paying for. So, again, I'm not opposed to green, you know, green initiatives because I do believe we need to do our part for the future. You know, again, I have three kids. I want them to have a place to stay. I want them to be able to afford to stay in this county if that's what they choose. Like you just said, you see people buying, inheriting houses from their parents, and they have to sell them because they can't afford to keep them. Yeah, these houses are paid off. They don't owe any money on it, right? And they can't afford to keep it. Well, and that, I see that a lot with the retirees because they have the, the lower income and then inflation yes. with everything else that's going on. It just sucks their budget dry and they have to move. They got to move in with uh, their kids. They, gotta, they just have to go. They just can't take care of it. Anymore. Well, Kyle, if I can add to that, man, it is some of the most heartbreaking things are those, those exact stories. People who've been here 30, 40 years bought a piece of land for $115,000. They retired 20 years ago on, a, you know, on an income that was suitable then. They're now being taxed on an unrealized gain on a property that is five times more worth than what they purchased it for to where their income doesn't hold up to that. You right. know? And I've spoken to many of people who have means, and there's a petition going around right now from a few folks who were kind enough to come by and introduce themselves about a streamlined means testing for an income-based property tax for disabled and elderly or retirees. We should have already had that. That should have already been in the open, you know? Right. We're literally running out people who helped build this community for the last 20, 30 years, and now they can't even afford to live in their forever home. Again, I just said it. Consumer Affairs rated us as the 15th worst place to retire, which I know they said Charlottesville, but Albemarle County is Charlottesville. Oh, yeah, 100. You know? Yeah. Although Charlottesville's tax rates are way worse. Um, and then, you know, I won't even comment on the whole upzoning thing, which... I still don't have a, you know, I, I just find that eager. I, I was watching Jerry's last show, and I thought that he brought up, they brought up some very valid points. Some of the viewers did. Um, but, yeah, just back to that. You know, my campaign is, is all about pushing for reasonable tax and spend policies, um, meaningful, transparent representation back to the Board of Supervisors. You know, I'm not a politician. I'm a uh, citizen legislator, I think, is the best one I've heard. And you're um, not making any money doing this. No. It, it's a lot of time. and You're doing this because you care. And that's the case. I'm doing it because, you know, my older brother, which I give a lot of, a lot of props to, man, because he, he is one of the people who've helped make me the man I am. And as I was complaining about this and, you know, bringing up points, he said, man, stop complaining about it. Go do something about it. 
you know, between him, my father, which again is one of my best friends, said, hey, man, I'm all behind you. You need to go do this because it will be beneficial. If you look at my campaign contributions, I think there's, uh, oh, man, 70, 80 different small donors compared to my opponent who's just got a lot of lump sums from, you know, multiple organizations around town. So if you look at my contributions, I mean, it is for the people by the people backing me up. Right. You know? Average people love my message. They want their money back. They want the county to be better stewards of their tax dollars. They want to see the extravagant spending that we don't really see any benefit being controlled instead of just rained, you know, rubber stamped, which they, they seem to hate that when I say rubber stamping the county executive's agenda mm-hmm. or whatever he's proposing. You know, and if you look at it, a lot of the board members, other than I know Ned, because I've known him for at least a decade plus, and I believe B's been here since 07, but a lot of the board members are not even a decade in the in the county, but yet they're in there making some expensive decisions on our behalf. Right. It, it, it's You see it everywhere. I've, I've talked to guys in Montana. I've talked to guys um, in Salt Lake, uh all, all over the world, all over, not the world, but the country, right? Um, when the pandemic hit, everybody was leaving certain areas that they didn't like and then bringing those policies into, uh, let's say. And, and I, 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 I'm independent, guys. I, I just see stuff for what it is. If, you know, San Francisco is what it is, and we all know it's, it's probably not the nicest place to live right now. It's trash. Um, not, it's trashed, not trash. But... And they're moving out to different areas that were predominantly um, absolutely opposite of that. And then they're bringing the same policies that happened there. I'm not saying that that's happening here. I'm just saying. I would say it's happening. Here. Yeah. So here's the case. I grew up south of Dallas until I was 15. And then I moved up to the county in 97. On the west edge of Texas, you will have billboards that say, welcome to Texas. Please do not bring what you are fleeing from here. Right. You know, I love Joe Rogan, man. The guy is probably, he has got one of the largest, plat- the largest platform in podcasting. And he's, I love how he goes and he pushes back. He'll invite people on that might be, you know, slightly controversial. He has a lot of wonderful people on there. And that's one of the things he said whenever he uprooted and left to go to Austin is, you know, they've got a good balance there. You know, if you look at the recession back in the, when the economy was in crap, Dallas and Texas were one of the better surviving states in that situation. Right. Part of it's their policy, you know. I always wondered how all my buddies had all these nice vehicles and different things, and then I realized, oh, they have no state, no state income tax. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 2500 to $4,500 a year that might be being pulled out of your check in the state of Texas, you know, you're keeping that. Right. Now, their property taxes are higher. Exactly. Their sales taxes are higher, but, you know, they have a uh, one-and-done registration every year. They don't have this... Uh, you know, your registration and your inspection. They don't have this nickel and diming property tax schemes um, on boats and things along that nature. And they seem to be making it all work out. Now, I'm not saying they're all perfect, but, you know, back to that. One of my, one of my memes that really always resonates with me is it is a picture of, I believe, Hiroshima and Detroit side by side. And it shows, them, it shows Hiroshima when it was bombed, and it shows Detroit the same time Hiroshima was bombed. Yeah. And it shows Detroit currently, and then Hiroshima currently. And it says Hiroshima is doing better. 40 years after, being, after a nuclear bomb hit it, than Detroit is after 40 years of democratic rule. Mm-hmm. They destroyed the greatest industrial city that we had. Right. 
to where now whenever the Tigers were in the series, what, four or five years back, they said don't stop in the city to get your gas. Only pull off on the exit close to the stadium and go straight to the stadium because they were afraid they would lose the tourism because people were going to be robbed if they got off on the wrong exit. I have a buddy who owns uh, owned uh, owned a real estate investment property, uh, a couple houses out there in Detroit, and um, he gets a phone call one day. He's got a tenant living in there. He gets a phone call one day, and uh, the, the heat pump, the whole entire heat pump is just gone while the tenant was still living there. Like, oh, they stole it off the, the building. The, yeah, it, it's it's. Well, if, if you have the if you have the ability to rip it down, that copper can fetch a pretty penny. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, if you didn't have to buy it, you don't care who you're taking it from. Um, which yeah, that just it just leads back to where one thing I'm pushing to go for is balance. I'd like to come in and try to try to give a balancing voice. You know, look, I'm not saying that they're, and again, I'm running as an independent because other than a you know, fiscally conservative nature to the budget, you know, I'm not saying that every policy is, is bad, you know. I believe in, look, I was listening to Bobby Kennedy who was talking about legalization of, of cannabis. Right. You want to talk about an income revenue generator? Let's find a way to federally legalize that, and then the state can also tax it. And, hey, there's some income that you can make off of something, you know, just like the cigarette tax they increased or the alcohol tax that they have. But because, you know, the state of Virginia will be like VABC. It would just be VAB weed. And right. then they'll have a tax revenue stream from that that they can hopefully not misallocate. You know, one thing I love is at the end of the month, I'm getting $400 back from the state of Virginia. Right. That would be really cool to do if we could give some of the surplus back to the county. Oh, that would be awesome. You know, or better yet, let them keep it before it ever shows up to the county coffers. That's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to go in there and push for, uh, push for that, you know, to try to, try to find where we can, we can uh, maximize our spending as opposed to consistently increase it. Well, TJ, I, 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 uh, I love it. I, I think it's exciting. Um, I think what you're doing is – it is admirable right you're thank you you got three kids you, you know you and i have kids at the same age same age same 13 age. nine and just turned 11 months old today which i will tell you my baby boy and i love it because because of the scarcity of me through this campaign which thank my beautiful wife and i would love to do that publicly because she's the best thing that ever happened to me besides my children you know, we've been blissfully married for 18 years with, you know, and we have worked together to, to put ourselves where we are. And, you know, with my baby boy, I'm like a mythical creature. I see him for maybe 30 minutes in the morning and maybe 30 minutes to an hour in the evenings, except for the weekends where I make more time for my family. Um, and my older kids understand and they're happy and excited. And I'm trying to be the example of what I want them to be. You mm -hmm. know? As Buddha said best, tend to the garden you can reach. So I figure I'd start local. Absolutely. That's, that's, what, that's the only thing that we can do. I, I think, guys, whether you're for TJ or whether you're not, just start local, right? It, that's where we got to start. I mean, we could go on and on and on. Everybody could about what's right, what's wrong, what's this. Get involved. That's well, the only thing we got to do. To, we, to compliment what you said, whether you, whether you love me or I'm not your cup of tea, if I'm not your cup of tea, reach out to me. I'd love to hear, I would love to hear the pushback. That's why I'm signing up for this. I understand I'm not signing up for this comfortable, cushy position that is going to be, you know, the highlight of my life. I'm, I've made this joke regularly 
People say, why do you want to run for the Board of Supervisors? I said, well, I figured I wanted the, I wanted the lowest paying government job with the most amount of work. <laughs> um, and that's the case. It's not like it's some grand sum of money. It's a lot of extra work on my daily, you know, my daily basis, but I'm okay. I'm eager to sign up for that work because one thing my father's done is put a good work ethic in my, you know, in my head. So right. I'm okay with signing up. Now, the campaigning's been exhausting, and I'm happy I'm close to the end of it, but it's also prepared me for what I'm signing up for, which goes to show me that I can put in the work, and right. I'm okay with that, and I'm willing to go work for the people that I'm looking to represent. And it's just something about it, too, that you're so young, and you're like, I, 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 I wouldn't think about it at all, and you and I are pretty close in age, um, but it just drives, there's something inside you that wants to make a change, and I think that's super admirable about that. You know, you're, you're taking initiative pushing to make a change that you feel that needs to be done. And I feel, I feel that a lot of people should be able to get behind that. Um, cause you have, you have three kids, you have a life, you spend time with them. This is going to suck. How many hours a week do you think this goes in from what I hear 30 to 40 plus, which again, I'm okay with it, but um, you're stacking that on top of a regular job. Well, I work six days a week at my normal job. So, <laughs> but here's the thing, man, I've, I've done that for almost two decades, so I am no stranger to work. Um, I know how to get it done. I know how to make efficiency in my day. I know how to use the minutes and make them productive. One of my favorite quotes, which I couldn't tell you who said, is one productive hour will last a lifetime. So if you fill your day full of them, then you will have a lifetime full of wonderful things that you've been able to produce. Right. Um, and, you know, that's the case in point to where what my goal is is to try to get out there and push back so that way – all of the productive hours that people in, our, in my district have put in to produce what they are, are currently happy to be thriving in, they can maintain a little bit easier um, and enjoy more of the production that they're pushing for and can see less of it slipping through. I know I just had three tax bills in my, in my mailbox, so it's mm -hmm. a perfect time to get out on this message uh, because everybody just got their just got their tax notices for the uh, for the next six month cycle. So, and they all get to pony them up right before Christmas time. Yeah, exactly. It comes at a so, great time, doesn't it? Oh man, I tell you, it never fails. The month the, the month you get everybody else cleared out, here comes your government duties. knocking on the door. You know, which I had a guy ask me, and he said, you know, I know a way that businesses could reduce inflation by five percent. Which that was a great conversation, and I really hope I earned that man's support. He said, that's if businesses would, you know, reduce their prices by 5% across the board. And I said, as a business owner, I would gladly do that if the built-in cost of government would show me, a, re you know, the county and the state would give me a reduction to what it costs me to run. Right. I mean, we are a fiduciary of local and state and federal governments, and we send hundreds of thousands of dollars out to the state and fed on top of tens of thousands to the county just for my business to exist. Payroll taxes, all of it. Oh man! I mean, our property tax for my building alone is thirty k. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a handsome ransom. And then know? they wonder, they wonder why? How come everything's so expensive? Which, by the way, it was only it was a little over twenty four last year. It goes mm. to show you what the increase does. Yeah, took five grand right out of my operational expense, which could have you know helped me. As the county says, well, we've used a lot of these increased revenues to modernize. Now, as a businessman, when you modernize your system, you're supposed to be able to use less employees to work. But bureaucracy's only grown in the county. Right. So, and look, the necessary functioning places of government, I'm not looking for cuts there. Just for the wasteful pet project spending that, I don't know all of it, but, you know, one of the things I've highlighted is a 445% increase in three years for strategic planning and community development. Right. 
it almost makes me want to quit being in the auto business and go be, go start a consulting firm. Right. Because I'm sure there's a handsome ransom going there. And look, no, no shade to those to the folks at those firms because they're doing what they signed up to do, and you can't help it that the county's going to give you such a uh, large amount of taxpayers' dollars to do your job. Right. If I was them, I would take them as well. So right. Exactly. Can't slant them, but you know we can. We can control those increases. Um, we can find the wasteful spending. I'm pretty sure it's there. Yeah. You know? um, and again, I'd like to be that. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in there to push back to be that voice of balance. You know, we don't have much of a balance right now. It's just a slope, and it's all our pocket. It's all coming from our pockets and sliding right down that slope into the county coffers. So, you know. And again, I've had a guy ask me the other night training jujitsu, which was one of the guys that I train with regularly. He said. You're not going to be able to get anything accomplished. I said, nope. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to shake it up for two to four years and just be the whipping post. But I'm going to shout from the rooftops where I find and think the wasteful spending is going on. And I'm going to point it out and I'm going to make constituents and county residents aware of what I see as an average person is wasteful spending. Right. And then maybe what that will do is it will make the board of supervisors, the, the, the remaining members of the board, push back and actually show a little reserve to what I'm bringing light to because that's going to be my one accomplishment is I'm going to be able to scream from the rooftops where I think the wasteful spending and increases are coming and, coming in. And I think, you know, you don't know what you're going to be able to accomplish, but none of us are whenever we step into something new. We don't, we don't, have, a, we don't have a clue. We're just going to take one step after the next and do the best we can. That's all we can do. But I will tell you, if I win this seat, it will definitely show the county that people are looking for a change than what we currently are getting. So, well, again, please get out and vote. I need all the support I can get. It's an off-off year. So yeah, well, we're excited. Well. I'm excited for you. I'm excited that, um, that you came on the show today. Um, and, and really, I'm, I love what you're doing here. Hey, Kyle, I appreciate it, man. It's been great to be on the show today. Um, really nice to meet you. You know, I love what you're doing. Uh, if I wasn't in... My side of sales, I would probably be in yours. Yeah. Um, you know, as I talked to a lot of the developers and going through the comp planning, I said, look, all I really know about development was swinging a hammer and reading a tape measure because that's where I started, you know, 20 years pr prior, 20 years ago, I was in framing houses and a little bit of light carpentry and, and different things there before I went to sign up for the family business. So I know how to run a rake and I know what a job site looks like as it's, as it's transpiring. And I know... What's needed is the diligence, you know, for that, that crew to make sure that they get that structure put up as quick as possible because that's the most cost effective. And, and business is business, right? Yes. It, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter what business it is. Everybody seems to think like it's, it's completely different. The X and the O's are, are pretty much the same. It's marketing, it's operations, it it's customer service, it's taking care of you. But it, it's a little different in that. But it's, it's pretty much the same. So, Well, my, the biggest thing I've ever learned is everybody thinks that if you run a business that everything just comes in for free. Yeah. You got to earn it all, and then you got to cover all the overhead before you have anything left over to pay your employees, yeah. which that's also your overhead. And then what's left from that? You got to plan for the future. Absolutely. So, you know, that was one thing we didn't get into was the, the, the pandemic. Um, man, talk about a learning curve there. You know, I was actually impressed that we got to hire on a couple people prior to that, you know, and we had some real dead months that the PPP money helped us keep everybody's staff. But, um, that's another thing I can bring to the table, man. That was definitely a learning curve. You know, yeah. you had to think on your feet and uh, hit the ground running. And we did it pretty successfully to where uh, here we are three years outside of it. And 
we're still going strong. So, well, I, I definitely think it's awesome. And, and yeah, the pandemic was was it made everybody change, whether they made money or not. But it, it made people change. Well, and in ways, it made us to the better. You know, we're more malleable. We work with our employees in certain ways. I mean, that's one thing. I'm a family business, so you know. And I always say, you can't spell dysfunctional without fun. You know, due to the fact that I'm a family business, we don't run perfectly, but we do our best with what we got. We try to take care of our employees right. because we are a family-run place. Yep. Um, so, you know, that's what most of my employees, if you, if you grab any of them, or even my, my great clientele that I've dealt with, I have some of them that have been with me over 20 years. We, we get about 50 to 60% of our businesses repeat and referrals. So right. that means for 20 years, I must have been doing something right in the 30 years that our business has there, been there. There's a market for everything. There's a niche for everything, and you're helping people. And that's well, what I'm about. And, and that's that, it. That, yeah. that seems what you're about, too. Yes. You're just here. That's why you're doing the, 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 the board. That's why you own a business. That's why I'm putting my neck out there for it to get hacked on, is so I can, uh, I can go out and be representation for normal people. Well, you know, good luck to you. Normal, hardworking households. Good luck to you uh, voting Tuesday. Yes. Get out there. Vote for TJ if he's your guy. Um, I really do appreciate you jumping on. I learned a lot uh, with this. Kyle, I appreciate the opportunity and the, you, know, you giving me a platform to, to get out and speak today. Um, you know, I think it's very vital this close to the election that I can get to as many people with my message so that way we can accomplish what I've spent the last six months grinding to do, and that's get me on this board of supervisors so I can make some waves and try to push for some change in this county well, to uh, affect normal household pockets. Yeah, well, good luck yes, definitely sir. with that. I hey. appreciate I'll, I'll look forward to seeing what Tuesday brings. Ah, you and me both. Either way, and as Jerry asked me on one of the shows, look, my logic is I'm going to win this seat, but if I don't, I should be back in four years if we don't have a better opponent right. to, uh, to run in my stead. So that way, you know. We can see how it shakes out. But as far as I'm concerned, I think I've got the best shot to, uh, to win. So uh, that's the way I'm going to look at it until Tuesday, till the, till the chips fall on Tuesday. Hey, that's, play the game. You don't know how and, it's going to hey, finish. One more thing. Back to that likeness. If I am running as the incumbent in the future, please use me in your flyer. It won't hurt my feelings. I'm right in between that. Uh, that I call myself a zillennial. So it, you know, my, my feelings don't get so easily hurt. I would actually laugh at that flyer when I got it in my mailbox. So um, just an open offer to anybody who would like to use my likeness in whatever hysterical way you would prefer in future marketing against me if I am the incumbent running. I give you a thumbs up. Go ahead. All right. Kyle, again, thanks, man. It's been a pleasure to meet you and uh, be on your show today. Awesome. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. You have a good one. You as well, man.